0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Cybersecurity Matters podcast. Uh, I'm your co-host, Dominic Vogel. Joining me as always is my co-host and partner in crime, Christian Redshaw. Christian, how are you doing today? Other than being a little sleep deprived,
1: I am excellent. How are you good, sir? Uh,
0: Well, I got five and a half hours in, so I'm Not bad. Congratulations. (laughs) Better better than most (laughs) nights, Um, but uh, I'm looking forward to today's show. Yeah, so who's the guest today? That's a good question, uh, and I will answer that. Uh, Today's uh, guest is Jeanette Harvey. Uh, She's based in Chicago in the Midwest, uh, and she's from Harper and Gray, and I believe we'll be talking about uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion with her today. Let's bring her on. Jeanette, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today.
2: Thanks for having me.
0: All the way from Chicago, Illinois. That's right. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Welcome. (laughs) Thanks. Um, Jeanette, you and I have um, known each other for a a bit now on LinkedIn. Always appreciate your uh, engaging and and, and uh, thoughtful posts. I wanted to start off first off with um, if you could educate our audience or viewers in terms of DEI, in terms of what you focus on, um, because there's still a lot of people who don't know what it is and why it's important why it's something they should be focusing on at their organization.
2: Yeah. I mean, obviously it's a huge topic. and uh, so I've spent a long time now, so 17 years in the talent Absolutely. space. And f- for me, I founded Harper and Gray earlier this year in April, which is a talent solutions company um, that, that really approaches talent through the lens of putting diversity, equity, and inclusion first. Uh, for, for most organizations now, um, there's it's sort of twofold. I think, it's, uh, it's sort of the right thing to do to to sort of embrace uh, the idea of having an organization that, that looks, feels uh, diverse um, and where everyone gets to experience that same feeling of, of belonging. So for a lot of companies, this is, 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 is intrinsic, but there's also obviously commercial reasons to to be thinking about having um, a, a far more diverse and, and inclusive workforce. So um, there's so many different studies right now around the, the sort of commercial benefits of having um, different different points of view um, you know di- different people at the at the table um, contributing ideas and uh, and 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 making bringing some of those ideas to to reality and and really being able to see how uh, from a competitive positioning uh, that that really ends up benefiting organizations through outperformance um, so so there's no shortage of data to support why this is something that organizations should be focusing on.
1: Excellent. Jeanette, bringing a contrast to what you're saying, what does it look like in organizations that don't have diversity, equity, and inclusion? What kind of scenarios, how would you describe it? What kind of scenarios are you encountering?
2: Yeah, and actually, surprisingly, there's still a lot of organizations, particularly from the top down, that really don't have any diversity represented. And what you're really seeing there, number one, is behind the eight ball, right? So, so the performance of those organizations tends to to kind of lag and and stagnate. You don't seem to see them the highest levels of innovation. Um, it's. Im- increasingly important now to employees to feel that they are part of an organization that that really truly embraces this. Um, so the other thing that you see is a dip in engagement. Um, when, when, you know, people kind of look around the room and uh, and just see people who think and look alike. Um, so that comes directly out in engagement. Also comes out in both recruitment and retention. So people vote with their feet around retention. and they they, they leave basically. And a, a recent study sort of showed as far as recruitment that 66% of candidates, I believe, um, this is a a factor for them to decide whether they're going to to join your organization or not. So, um, you know, some some of the things that you'll see play out is organizations cannot attract the talent that they're looking for anymore um, because of their competitive positioning around DE&I.
0: Uh, G- Jeanette, you you mentioned. Um, uh, I mean, when, when we're talking about DEI and reasons why organizations should be embracing, and um, I mean, obviously there's the, the moral and the right things to do. But I know I've read uh, studies and insights um, talking about, and you, you mentioned earlier you know, the financial benefits and that organizations can be more, even more successful by embracing the D- DEI. Um, could you expand on that a little? Like, what what would that look like?
2: I, I mean, yeah, depending on which study you're you're sort of looking at. I mean, just those kind of headline numbers around, um, you, you know, the commercial performance of organizations. Um, you you can see when ranked to 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 competitors that maybe have a less diverse workforce, um, that that kind of dollar for dollar those. Those companies are performing better, and it really comes down to a few different things. So, um, clearly, when you've got diversity of thought, you um, you also have more innovation that comes off the back of that, right? So- So you are far more likely um, to to come up with new and innovative things, which clearly give companies kind of a competitive edge Um, for some financial companies. um, Actually, just having different people around the table helps with Things like approach to risk, right? So um, if if you you know look at this, there's quite a lot of studies around um you know male attitudes toward risk management versus female, um, that makes a a big difference to to organizations in in kind of short, medium, and and long-term performance, having those those kind of differences represented. And then the other thing is connection to customers. So for most organizations now, it is really really about how connected you are to your customers um, and and the experience. and so, you know having different people from different backgrounds um, has often meant that companies have been able to to really sort of access and be a lot more kind of intuitive around um, how they're servicing these these different uh, kind of customer types um, and and there's a, a, a ton of really great examples of that
1: excellent so jeanette let 's say that i 'm you know a CEO or a chairman of of a board and you know i'm used to doing things a certain way right i just kind of go with the flow i do things that the same way that we did in 1982 whatever way that was right when i was because i'm thinking (laughs) i nailed it i must i must be picking up something here (laughs) so you can relate to this so you know i'm thinking you know i don't want to Get hassled here. I don't want it to cost me more money. What what is this burden going to place on me to implement something like this and change the way that we hire and build our teams in terms of you know um, you know financial costs as well as time and effort?
2: Well, let's think about uh, the cost of not implementing this. So, if you just look at the recent example f- from Tesla who had to settle a uh, a lawsuit for um race discrimination was in, in excess of 100 million um it was it was huge and uh there's so many different examples now of organizations that haven't been very proactive about this and, and, uh, and as a result have, um, have really allowed some, some practices in their organization, uh, to, to, to significantly, um, jeopardize the, the, the company's kind of financial position. And then, you know, again, cost of not implementing, like, I mean, you, you, you're just giving more room to competitors who are, uh, you know, on 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 the other side of, of this story and uh, are using diversity, equity and inclusion as a competitive advantage. So to answer your question more directly, I would say for a lot of organizations, it's not about... It, it doesn't have to be a big bang thing right there's there's a lot of different steps to this and so there's different organizations mine being one that, that really kind of meet organizations where they are so for for um you know for anyone kind of hesitant about this it's it's a uh, it's a longer term project anyway right there's there's things that you can do immediately to uh, to start to create a more diverse and inclusive in environment and uh and and your employees will, will kind of thank you for it um but it it really is actually about it being part of a much more longer term and and sustainable strategy and so that investment is um an investment over time uh, is completely unrealistic to if if someone's sitting in in you know quite a, a perhaps a, a, a stagnant environment where this hasn't been on, on the table or been addressed, you're not just going to wave a magic wand tomorrow and, uh, and be a total different company. No matter how big your checkbook is, right, it's, uh, it's, it's got to be an authentic uh, commitment that cannot just be solved through money.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think it, it's a, a cultural thing as well. Which speaks to the culture of an organization, and probably if they don't have the right diversity of, of thought and people, um, it, it definitely is. Maybe one of many cultural weaknesses, and and maybe you'll find that they're they're not treating their people very well internally, and maybe there's a lot of dissatisfaction. And like you say, with the retention issue, there's there's a lot of turnover there. I can certainly remember ex- similar experiences in the in the corporate world that was like that for me, uh, and I I and many others didn't stick around. Absolutely, <laughs> I, I moved on.
2: <laughs> and and to your point, just uh, surprising how respect for everyone and everyone's opinion, something as simple as that can go a really long way, right? So that is going back and thinking about what are the values of our company, not just words on a wall, um, but what what are these values and how do they apply to the way that we, int- we treat all our employees, right? How can we make sure that people feel heard and listened to? You know, that's actually not that difficult to to gun kind of implement, um, and it makes a massive difference.
0: Absolutely, um, uh, Jeanette. Um, I have one more question because I know we're running low on time. But one more question, I would like your your uh, input on. Are there certain sectors that are more resistant to going forward with with the EI um, change?
2: I wouldn't say. I think resistant is a an interesting word. I don't think there's very there's really any sectors that aren't coming out with statements and uh, and initiatives. Um, how well people are moving the needle is uh, is a different thing, right? So it's one thing to state intent, and I think everyone stating intent, um, is an, is another to uh, to to kind of see that realized. So the legal industry would be actually a, a really good example of. Big statement of intent, but not very much uh, kind of progress actually. Um, the the banking and and financial industry um, has been trying to tackle this for a really long time, and uh, and so there's there's definitely uh, you you can see that being um, so much more progressive, but then there's still sort of pockets within that that are extremely, uh, extremely resistant. So it's, um, it's, it's a process, it's, it's, it's a journey and it's, uh, it's following up that in those statements of intent with really, really clear action.
0: Jeanette, we, uh, Chris, and I are really, really grateful uh, to you for coming on the podcast today, uh sharing your wisdom and insights. I know it's been absolutely invaluable for us and for our viewers and listeners. Um And I know this is one of your uh, last podcasts before you go on your maternity leave. So <laughs> thank you for uh, getting get us in before you uh, go on leave. No, it's
2: been my pleasure.
0: <laughs> awesome. Thank you again so much, Jeanette.
2: Thanks for having me. Great to see you both.
0: Likewise. Likewise. Uh, Chris and I will be right back to wrap up today's episode. That was a really engaging conversation. I mean, the exit sign in the background kind of threw me, but uh, it was an interesting conversation nonetheless with Jeanette there.
1: Definitely. Um, She is an amazing person. Uh, That was the first time I've ever spoken to her. I know you've interacted with her before. Um, Very cool to me how, you know, talking about diversity of thought and Different types of people, uh, and the benefits that it brings, you know, uh, better connection with customers, um, increased performance, better culture, better retention. So
0: I love the angle that you came at that with. Uh, absolutely. She's just such a wonderful thought leader in the DEI space and um, very, any, any organization or, or business leader who's looking to bring their organization into the you know 21st century, I think they should definitely be reaching out to people like like Jeanette to, to, uh, to help them. Um, but we want to extend a special thanks to, to Jeanette uh, for being on the podcast today. And as always, we want to extend a special thank you to our loyal listeners and viewers who join us each and every week. Uh, if you have missed a previous episode, please do check out the Cybersecurity Matters YouTube page. Uh, as well as check out uh, old episodes on your favorite podcasting platform. But until next time, be well, be safe, and we'll see you again on the Cybersecurity Matters podcast.